always with the word. The word is a seed. Let's go to Isaiah 26 and verse 3. It says, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Perfect peace because he trusts in you. I love, by the way, thanks for the kind introduction. Uh, I should say, I'm going to talk a little bit about my background. And I should say, um, I do have, uh, I have read a lot of books, and I have quite a few diplomas hanging on the wall. But with all of that, the most important book that I ever read is this one. And I explain why in a little bit so that it makes sense. Um, one of the things that I enjoy about Jesus, about the Creator, <coughs> He always, He goes around and He's always bragging about His Father. Always. My Father is perfect. My Father is this. My Father is that. I all, all I only do what my father does. I only say what my father says me, asks me to say. So that should be really an element of each one of us to brag about our father. And I love to do that. And he says, Jesus says about his father, he is a perfect father. And he is. He is a perfect father. He says about him, about his father, in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16. He said, for God, the Father, loves the world so much that he gave his most precious part, his son, that everyone that believes in him should have life. And a very close disciple of him, John, in the first uh, letter, in uh, chapter 4, verse 8, he defines the Father as love. Let's keep that in mind because we are going to come back to that. And uh, so that's, that's the kind of thing that really first and most is in me. I am a scientist, as uh, Brother Nick said. And I'm going to say a few things about myself that you will understand as things kind of come together. At, at the age of 10, I grew up in Colombia. In, a, in fact, I grew up in a coffee plantation. But uh, at at the age of 10, I knew that I was going to be a scientist. I knew that because it was within me to the, the curiosity. Every good scientist is a, is a curious person, wants to learn, wants to know why, wants to know how. So anyhow, uh, at the time, I knew that I was going to be a scientist. And, and I knew also at the time, when I was only 10, that I was going to end up in one of three countries. I don't know which one, but one of three would be either Germany, Russia, or the US. One of those three. I knew that. And so my life was focused first on finishing my degree in Colombia and then coming to one of these uh, places. But God had already designed my path, my trail to get there. So to, to just kind of make this story short, because we want to, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time here. Um, 
God gave me the blessing to be able to climb to the highest degree that a scientist can dream of, which is very, very popular today, is the genomics, the genomics area. It's genomics everything. Everything is genomics, plants, animals, uh, human beings, uh, microorganisms. Is, everything is now based on genomics. And there is a good reason for it. But anyhow, uh, by design, and I'll, I'll, I'll have Brother Nick read this in a, in a little bit. By design, I got there because it was his design, it was his plan, his purpose. You probably, probably remember Billy Graham and I remember in, in many of his uh, talks, he says, God has a plan for you, a wonderful plan for you. Well, he did. He did have a wonderful plan for me. And we will see in uh, Acts 17 in a few minutes that that is an expression of his love for his people, to have a plan for every one of us, everyone in this room, every one of his children. He has a wonderful plan for our lives. We will see in just a minute how wonderful it is because uh, I, um, I had a couple of references and uh, I want to, by the way, I, don't let me forget to talk about this package over here. Um, one of the things I started with a verse about perfect peace. And there is a reason for it. Because that is the most needed thing today. We are, we are in such a turmoil. And I'm hoping that by the time we are finished here this morning, that you will understand that we can have a perfect peace. We can have a perfect peace like you <coughs> never dreamed before. And first I'm going to ask Brother Nick to read Matthew 8, 24 through 27. Matthew 8, 24 through 24 27. 24 to 27, yeah. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But he was asleep, and the disciples came to him and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? And then he arose, and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? The reason why I want this reference is because I want to give you two examples. That's one example of how we can get perfect peace. It's really interesting. The NIV version says suddenly. Suddenly. Because a lot of times tragedies come suddenly. Like it, like it did in this, in this, uh, this moment. And if we, we just quickly go to, through COVID, you remember that that was a suddenly. And it was so surprising that we human beings made some terrible, terrible mistakes because it, it just came all of a sudden. And now, two years later, we realize, starting to realize, to see the light, how foolish we responded to the tragedy. Really foolishly, suddenly, it came unexpected, totally unexpected. So the, the, this is an example. There is a perfect storm we just read in, in the Gospel of Matthew. It's a deadly storm. How do we know? Because that's what it says. They were afraid, we are going to die. We are going to die. It was deadly. Deadly. And yet, 
Jesus is in the boat. What is he doing? He's asleep. He's asleep in total peace. In total peace. And then, of course, the reason why he wakes up is because his disciples go and wake him up. Don't you care that we are going to die? And Jesus gets up and says to them, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? And then, of course, he has the solution. He calms the storm. And this is something that I want for you to remember. The expression of his disciples. They look at him after he calms the storm and everything. They say, what, what, what kind of man is this? That the storms obey, that he's in total peace. What kind of man is this? And my prayer for each one of us, my prayer is that as we walk around in our works, in our home, in the street, that people will see that peace inside of us. And that they'll say, what? What kind of people is this? I want some of that. In fact, the next, the next thing that I'm going to say is, yeah, this is a man that's something that I love to have. He is in total peace in the middle of a storm. I want to have what he got. And I'm going to just mention three things that he got so that we can meditate and grasp what he has and put it in our hearts, in our minds. Now, this is a good place. Actually, let me mention the other example. I mentioned Christ, and I, I said that I'm going to mention three things about him, about Christ, for the reasons why he is in total peace. And that will help each of our individual lives to express the peace that he is experiencing in the middle of the storm. But there is another, another person. This is a real human being. So there is no excuse for us because it is doable. It is absolutely doable to have the total peace that is absolutely incredible for the rest of the world. Have you guys heard of... Victor Frankl, Victor Frankl. If you haven't, I, I uh, encourage you to read about Victor Frankl. We spell with a K, V-I-K, V-T-O-R, Victor Frankl. He, he was, uh, in fact, when I learned about him 20 years ago, he was still alive. He's, he was a Jewish um, doctor a neurologist specifically, and he was in the concentration camps in Germany. He was taken for being Jewish, he was taken into the concentration camps. He lost his children, he lost in, in the same concentration camp, he lost all his relatives, and he was left alone in the concentration camp. But he was a special person, similar to Jesus in the boat. He kept his peace, and he survived all through. As I say, I, I learned about him 20 years ago, and he was still alive at the time. He died uh, not too long ago, at 92 years old. Anyhow, the three points that I'm going to mention um, work, I can see them clearly, and we can see them clearly in the life of Christ, and we can see them clearly in the life of Victor, Victor Frankl. It works well for them, and it will work well for us. I assure you, it comes with warranty. It works if we apply them into our lives. No matter what the storm is, you can maintain perfect peace, like Jeremiah says. 
this is a good place. You might think that is unrelated, but we'll make the link. To talk about a gift. <coughs> Imagine each one of you giving a dear friend a gift. It's a, it's a special celebration. You're bringing a gift to your friend, whether it's your child or your brother or your parents, whatever it is. When you think through, you, I'm coming with the gift to this big celebration, think through what is in your mind about the giving of this gift. In fact, I'm going to mention, I have done, I have asked several people about this gift, about giving this gift. About what do you, what, what do you look forward to? What are your expectations? And it's really interesting because the answer that I was looking for is, is, has not been mentioned, but I'm going to mention it to you. But say, okay, well, first, on this celebration, I will, I would, I'm looking forward that this person, whether it's my child or whoever that might be, will like, will, will like the gift. That he will be excited, he or she, that he or she will be grateful for after receiving this, this gift. But the, 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 the thing, is it looks over, overly simplified, but what I was looking for actually is part of my looking forward to is that the person will receive it. If the person rejects it, it'll be a tragedy. It'll be tragic. So we look forward to receive. Why do I speak about this? Because that is a major human problem to receive. We see throughout the scriptures a major human problem is to receive. So that that's something that, uh, as I say, you will, you will make a you will make a link. So uh, while we are moving forward. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Nick to, to read for us Acts 17, 24 to 28. It's, uh, it's an amazing, it's an awesome, awesome uh, scripture. Ready? Yes. Acts 17, 24 through 28. 24 to 28. God who made the world and all things that are in it, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing that he gives life to and breath to all things, and has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that they should seek after the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he is not far from every one of us. Thank you. This is, these are four verses that really summarize the gospel the message of the gospel quite well. He's talking to the highly intelligent part of the world, to the Athenians, the Greeks, the philosophers, the people that are always thinking about life, about things in life. So anyhow, one verse that I, so the first, um, the first factor that I observe in Jesus to maintain a perfect peace in the middle of the storm is the assurance that he has a perfect father. I started by saying that he was always bragging about his father. My father is a, is a perfect father. I only do what he does. I only say what he uh, asked me to say. And so he has the total assurance that he has a perfect father. By the way, that is true also with Viktor Frankl. He has a perfect father. He knows that. 
And so, but uh, one thing that I like to reread over here. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. He determined the times. He determined the epochs. <coughs> Remember, if you listen, if we listen closely to what Jesus says, he says, my time is not yet come. So he goes merrily into, his, into dangerous places when his disciples, okay, well, let's go and die with him because uh, what else can we do? But he said, no. My time, my hour has not yet come. There is a clock. And Jesus was very well aware of the clock. There is a plan. In fact, if we go back, and I, I encourage you to do this, if you go back to Genesis 1, when God creates the sun and the moon and the stars and the constellations, we, were this, we, were, we talked about the Brother Nick a few weeks ago. He was not a decoration. He was not decorating the universe. He says that he sets the sun, the moon, the constellation, the stars, to determine. It is a wonderful and magnificent clock to determine the times, the epochs, and the years. <coughs> All of that is, just think of this. And I don't want to go on a rabbit trail here. But you remember the wise men that came to see Jesus being born? How did they get there? The star. It is, a, it is a, an incredible, and I had never really seen it until I read Acts 17 about God, the creator of the universe, and everything that is in it. He determines the times and the epochs. Your time is determined by the creator of the universe. My time is determined by the creator of the universe. I was created for such a time as this. You were created for such a time as this. Everyone has a purpose. So that is something that Jesus was very well aware of. In fact, I don't remember if I have the reference, but uh, when, when, the, when the time was near to go to the cross, he asked his disciples, he said, you go to this house and tell the owner, my hour is now here. I need a place because my hour, my time, has come. He was very well aware of that. How many of you have, you have been in the Holy Land? In the Holy Land in, in Israel? Anyone been there? Because it is kind of, it becomes their kind of a, a thing to enjoy is that they are very aware of the times. They are very attached to the huge clock that is running the universe. And they understand, if we go to the Bible and we see, um, in many instances, people recount. In fact, one of the most wonderful things is Steve, when he's defending in, in Acts chapter 7, when he is just about to die because, because uh, people were, were not happy with his message. But he recounts the story of Israel and how every step took place exactly as he was said 
by the Lord. Exactly he was prophesied. It took place step by step, not missing one step. And if, you, if we read, <laughs> I don't remember exactly what Psalm it is. I think it's Psalm 106 that recounts, David recounts this, the whole story step by step, step by step, how it, how it came to be. And yeah, let me give you just one, another free, free example of how this happens, which is Joseph in the Old Testament. He was given a dream. In fact, he was given two dreams that was going to happen with his life. And as the whole journey develops, he gets sold as a slave. What is this? I'm supposed to have my brothers and my parents bow down. That was the dream. And all throughout his journey, he finds nothing but tragedies. But he knew. He knew that this clock was running. Amen. He knew that the clock was running, and he got there. Not only that, at the end of his life, at the end of his journey, he comes to his brothers, and he says, don't be afraid. <coughs> you meant this for evil, but God, it is, it is an awesome, an awesome, awesome story of people, the people of God, that understand the plans of God. Just like it says in Acts 17, he has, he marks the times and the epochs and the seasons, and they will come to pass. They will come to pass. I'm going to ask to read, because this is a, a really a practical story of how our perfect father takes care of his people regardless of the storm. In um, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, a lot of people probably know 29:11. For God says, I know the plans that I have for you. But I want to take you to the beginning of the story. And that's in Jeremiah 29, starting 4 to 7, if, if you could read it, Brother Nick. 29 verses 4 to 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and dwell in them, and plant gardens and eat of the fruit of those gardens. Take wives and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your, uh, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters, and that you may increase there and not diminish, and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace, for in the peace thereof shall you have peace. Wow. Amen. Do you see this story? This is probably the lowest, one of the lowest times in the history of Israel. Slavery in a foreign land, in a totally unknown place. A tragedy, a tragic situation for the, for the people of Israel. And yet, look at the fantastic message from the Father. He says, I know where you're going. Time of slavery is not unknown. But this is what you should do. You build your houses. You grow your food. 
and enjoy the food that you grow, and you have a lot of children, and encourage your children to have children. What a word. It's an amazing, amazing story. Live a normal life in a time of tragedy. Live a normal life. Why? I am with you. I am with you. In fact, it has the, the very well-known verse. For I know, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to do you good, plans to prosper you. Live a normal life of peace, confidence, and pray. This is an amazing thing. We, we must not forget and pray that the city where you are will prosper. Because when it does, you prosper. Let's not forget that. We must pray even for those that we don't like. We must. Because prosperity and blessings come this way. And so the, so the, the, the first, remember, let's do a quick recount, the three factors that kept Jesus in total peace. Is he knows the Father. He's a perfect Father. He knows the plan. My time has not come yet. So why worry? Because people, his disciples, were afraid that he was going to get killed when he was going to Bethany, I guess it was. Remember, they, they were going to kill you. You're going back there? My hour has not come. He was totally aware of what Paul is talking about. The times and the epochs. And in that huge, marvelous clock, there's your time. And that time will continue until the Lord says, this is the end. Your purpose is completed. Now you come home. Now you can home, come home. That was the second. The third in both, and it's very obvious with uh, Viktor Frankl. It's very obvious also with Jesus, but it's purpose. Viktor Frankl, one thing that kept him alive in the concentration camp, in a living hell, was purpose. He knew in his mind that he had a perfect father, that his that the clock, the universal clock, was running, and he knew that he had a purpose. And that kept him alive. And as I said, he, 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 was he died at 92. That's a long life, a long and productive life. One of the things, as a, as a passing by as a parenthesis, one of the things that really, uh, in, in a reality, in a purpose, keep him alive was he dedicated his life to service, to serve all the rest of the prisoners. It is um, something that we must keep in mind and remember. Yes, these are two additional things that I want to mention. When we realize this marvelous and universal clock that the Father is running and how we fit in it, we realize two things, very important. In the vertical direction, we realize it's not about me, it's about Him. The whole state, the whole stay here on, on planet Earth, it's not about me. It is about the Father. Second, a whole purpose of you and I being on the planet Earth is not about me. It's about the people that we serve. 
that we serve. We are here to serve. When we understand that, we walk around in total peace. It's a, it's a, it's a, a, a fantastic factor to keep in mind. That is her purpose. In fact, I guess you may say, well, why do you say that? And I'm glad that you ask. I'm glad that you ask because when you get to heaven, this is coming out of the mouth of Jesus, so it is true. When we get to heaven, he's going to take account of what we have done on earth. Not to ourselves, not for ourselves, not how much toys, how many toys we pile up. How do you treat your neighbor? That is a very simple question. And that makes us realize, what are we here for on planet Earth? What am I doing here? I am here to serve. To serve our neighbors. Not only the needy, a lot of times our major service is to the wealthy that have, like they say in Colombia, the only thing that they have is money. We are to serve them too. Because they are part of mankind. We are here to serve. When we understand that, life takes a new meaning. And that's one thing that discovered that the Dr. Victor Frankl discovered and kept him alive in captivity. He was always serving the rest of the prisoners. And that kept him alive. That gave him a purpose there. He knew that he had a higher purpose one day outside, and he did. But meanwhile, at the current time, at the prison, he was serving them. And that was his purpose. That kept him alive with a purpose. I'm here to serve. And it's going to be a fantastic experience. He had to reason that. There is a reason, there is a purpose here. So anyhow, the, uh, I want to summarize these three points and, and actually I should say in conclusion, did anyone, any of you saw the presentation that I had at the church's new life? Anyone else? I said, I'm, I'm glad to see that because my conclusion is actually coming around that. On chapter, I guess we go back to the beginning and define peace. What is peace? What is peace to this guy in the concentration camp? What is peace? to Jesus in the middle of the storm, a deadly, not just any bouncing waves here and there, a deadly storm, what is peace for him? We look at these three factors. Peace is something inside of us. It's inside of us. It's not the lack of war between the US and Russia, or between Ukraine and, and Russia, or between any of these countries, peace is in here. That is the definition that Jesus, that is the definition that God gives to peace. Peace inside my heart and inside my mind. And that peace is what people are going to see in you, at home, at work, in the street, and they're going to ask, what, what kind of person is this? How come the bad news are piling up every day, every second? We are bombarded with bad news and misinformation. But this guy, this person, this lady, what kind of person is that? That is not shaking. That is not trembling. There is peace. And that peace is the perfect peace that we enjoy with our Father. That is the love. That is the love the Brother Link was talking about. 
That takes us back. You probably heard the, the word shalom. Shalom. Shalom is peace. Shalom is the peace that was in the first creation in Eden. Perfect peace. Absolute wholeness, completion. Everything wonderful. Everything. Total trust. Total trust in the Father. And this is the thing. Christ, you, you know what happened with disobedience and the fall of man. So we lost that peace that used to reign in the whole creation by, disobedi by the disobedience of a man, like uh, Hebrews would say. By the obedience of one man, Jesus Christ, that was reclaimed. That was recovered. That's why he's a redeemer. He came to redeem that peace. And that is the peace that Jesus is talking about when he says, I'll give you peace. My peace I give you. That is the peace that he's talking about. The peace of redemption. Because, how do I know that? Because when God, when the Creator, when the Father concludes all the creation back in Genesis, He says everything was very good. It was perfect. It was very good. Peace was there totally. Total fellowship with the Father. Total fellowship with the Father. We lost that. But the Redeemer came to give us peace, to reclaim that peace. And that's why we can only have that peace when we receive. If we don't receive, we cannot enjoy that peace. But the peace is available to every one of us when we receive the King of Peace, Jesus Christ. That way we have total peace. That way we have, there is no worries whatsoever. There's no worries whatsoever. In fact, I like to close this with, a, with an illustration. You know the, you know NASA, we are here in Florida where NASA takes off quite often now, but in the beginning, when the missions were starting to go to the moon and then to the space station, we, we, I, I already said missions, we called them missions. We went there for a purpose. We went to the moon, we go to the space station for a purpose. And we, not we, the astronauts, the people that go there the, uh, with their specialized equipment and everything, they put on a spacesuit. We know that. We've seen that in, in the, in, on television, in movies, and everywhere else. We know that. We are acquainted with how the mission to the moon or to the space station takes place. They suit with a special suit. I like to compare that with our mission to planet Earth. What are we doing here? We are in a mission. Our body, what you see next to you and around the room, that's the spacesuit. When the mission is completed, you go back. Take off the spacesuit, leave it behind, Mission completed. In total peace. Our mission is completed. We go to the Father. In fact, one of my, one of my favorite books in the Bible is Hebrews. In Hebrews, I believe it's chapter 2, 
the author states something amazing. The major reason why Jesus came to earth was to defeat the enemy who had us slaves to fear, fear of death. Should we, fear, should we be fearful? No. Our Redeemer came to pay the price, to rescue that, to rescue us from the fear. Fear, peace, fear, peace. In fact, to all throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, do not fear, do not worry, do not fear, do not worry. Why? Oh, I'm coming back, sorry about this. I'm coming back to the presentation that I did uh, about six months, four months ago. Anyhow, my passion in life is health. Is to see every one of you in a healthy state. And so that's the passion of our Father, to see every one of his children healthy. And he has created us in a marvelous, marvelous way. A perfect. If you will go back to Genesis 1, we are created as his own image. Amazing. When I look at the human body, and that's one of my passions, is to learn about the marvelous creation of God in the human body. It's absolutely amazing. Every organ, every cell is absolutely amazing. When you look at that, you say, wow. Every organ, wow. There's a purpose, there's a wonderful thing here. One of the things that I love is the immune system in, the, in every human body. We have an immune system that has a, a marvelous, marvelous purpose to protect and repair, protect and repair. It does a fantastic job, one requirement, total peace, total peace. If the immune system is distracted with worries and fear and everything else, it cannot do the job, it's that simple. That's why I'm talking about total peace because he comes together with health. If we are in total peace inside, we give the opportunity to our immune system to protect and repair, protect and repair. It does a marvelous, marvelous job. A lot of the illnesses that we consider irreversible, that's false, that's not true. If we give the human body what, need, what it needs to repair, it will repair. It's marvelous. It's fantastic. In fact, at that, at that presentation six months ago, I said the, the, the epidemic that we have, the thing that is killing us is the fear. It's the fear. Because with fear, the immune system has no chance to protect and repair, protect and repair. That is part of the French benefit to having total peace. But there is really, at the end of the day, and I, I forgot to, to mention in my, um, in my introduction of my life, my testimony, I say, I was, uh, when I got to the, to the top level, for one reason or another, I got sick, physically sick. I was uh, ill for a year, and no one, I traveled all over, the, all over the state, and I couldn't find anyone that could find out what, what was the problem. But anyhow, I remember a conversation with a nurse in Cincinnati, and she knew that I was terribly ill, with no answers, with no diagnostics. And she says, but you don't, you're not worried. And I, wait, why should I be worried? 
You remember the, the, the illustration of the spacesuit? If I have to take the spacesuit out and return home, I'm ready. It's that simple. This is not our home. Hello? This is not our home. We have a different home. And we return to that home. So the, Jesus and Viktor Frankl, they knew that. This is not their home. We are here on a mission, on a mission trip. Every one of us is here on a mission trip. When that is completed, we go home. It's a wonderful, it should be a wonderful, and it is a wonderful experience. That's what Paul says. It's, it's kind of a hard to pick over here. Do I stay or do I go? Going is better. <laughs> uh, but that is a factor that we need to consider when we have our mind in our heart full of peace. I'm going to leave you uh, uh, some homework. If you, if you can take a note, I'm going to give you two verses to read every day to kind of enhance your journey for a perfect peace. Romans 12, 2 speaks about renewing of our minds. Every day we do that. We renew our minds every day with God's purpose. And the second one is Philippians 4, 8. Philippians 4, 8. It talks about feeding your, feeding your mind and your heart all the good things. Every good thing, just fit it in, fit it in. And by the way, we are talking about feeding our hearts and mind. Don't let all the bad news, all the misinformation, don't let that bunk in your mind. Cut it, cut it, stay away from it. As much as possible, disconnect as much as possible, disconnect from the bad news. And we are bombarded every day, terribly, terribly. But that's, uh, that's uh, kind of my um, assignment for this week. But remember, remember this. Fill your mind and your heart with that peace that people say, wow, I like to have what this guy has. What, what what kind of man is this? What kind of woman is this? I like to have what that person has because we need it. We are in the middle of the storm on which the thing that we not need the most is peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. The peace that only comes through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the good news. God bless you.